Welcome everybody to the Kevin Price Show. This is the January 3rd, 2022 episode. Happy New Year to everybody. It has been a long time since I've done an episode and it's been about since July and I have a lot to talk about today. Starting with my Carolina Panthers, I have a lot to go about. Let's go ahead and get into it. And the first thing I'd like to talk about the Carolina Panthers is that Matt Rule needs to be fired. He is 10-22 and 22 as the Panthers coach, and he insists that his process will work and is continuing to build even though this, ten, this team has only trended backwards since he has become the head coach. He compared himself to Jay-Z the other day, saying that it took Jay-Z seven years to build Rock Nation, so to give Matt Rule time, I, I'm tired of, I guess, Jay-Z's trash now if Matt, if Matt Rule's Jay-Z, but I don't know why he would compare himself to Jay-Z. Jay-Z's process actually worked and has nothing to do with football. Matt Rule's process isn't working, and it's just a guy trying to save face. And Matt Rule doesn't seem like a really a good locker room leader either. I don't, I, I don't know how his players feel, but if I was a player for Matt Rule and he told me to my face that he could leave and get more money right now, I wouldn't take that as anything good. I'd be like, well, he's considering leaving us, and he has in the back of his head he could leave us. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell my players that I could leave them and get more money as a way to t- convince them that I'm there for them. He plays favorites a lot, especially the Temple and Baylor players. Certain players' agents have come out and said that they believe that Matt Rule is playing favorites and he is giving contracts to Temple and Bayer players who would never make any other NFL roster. Guys like Colin Thompson, TJ Walker, Sean Chandler, Brad Roy, Bravion Roy, he's pretty good, but um, um, Sam Franklin, Clay Johnston. There's plenty of guys who, if you look through the roster, there's certain Baylor and Temple players who should not be on an NFL roster and are taking up good NFL roster spots for the Carolina Panthers. And he especially plays favorites to quarterback Sam Darnold. He has coddled Sam Darnold since he has got here. It is not a good thing to do in the NFL, especially when Sam Darnold had as much failure as he had. And it really starts back to the Giants game where Matt Rule told the media he did not bench Sam Darnold because he wanted to he didn't want to hurt his feelings and give him like hurt his confidence as a starting quarterback. So he's more focused on coddling Sam Darnold and winning games when Sam Darnold's having a horrible performance. And this past week when Cam Newton has been the starting quarterback, Matt Rule has said that Cam had to be better. He's been holding the ball for too long when he had one point eight seconds to throw the ball every single drop back. But with Matt with Sam Darnold against the Saints, Matt Rule said the offensive line needed to play better, even though the offensive line play against the Saints was, I'd say, probably better than any offensive line play that Cam Newton had while he was starting, but Cam Newton's at fault there. And then Matt Rule, he just doesn't know how to evaluate quarterbacks. He moved on from Cam Newton to go get Teddy Bridgewater, give Teddy Bridgewater three years, $66 million. Then he traded Teddy to the Broncos, and we're currently paying Teddy Bridgewater to play for the Broncos. We're paying Teddy about $7.5 million to not be on the team. And then we traded for Sam Darnold, who we're currently owing $18.5 million to might not even be on our roster next year. And instead of just drafting Justin Fields and keeping Teddy to be the bridge quarterback, we insisted on going and grabbing Sam Darnold for a second rounder and a fourth rounder. Now we don't have a second this year because of that move. 
and this is overall dumpster fire. And then Matt Rule fired Joe Brady, which I believe was the right move. Joe Brady's offense was not good since he got here. Was wasn't really anything flashy about the offense. Nothing that we saw Brady do at LSU really came to Carolina. But he hired Je- Jeff Nixon, who I assume is going to be the offensive coordinator after Brady got fired, because Nixon was Rule's offensive coordinator at Baylor. But the offensive got worse somehow. I didn't think the offense would get any worse after we fired Joe Brady, but I was surprised to see that it actually could. Offensive line play got worse. Receivers got worse. Quarterback play really didn't change. I'd say that Cam did play better than Sam Darnold, but the change wasn't like immaculate level to where it would completely change everything with all the trash around them. And it's just... Matt Rule, he's he's hiring like he's hiring his buddies who's always coached with him at Baylor and Temple and all that, and just giving them NFL jobs when he needs an actual real NFL offensive coordinator on his team. He needs actual real NFL coaches because we currently have three NFL coaches with NFL experience on our roster, and two of them were already here when Matt Rule got hired. So that's something else too. And one of the coaches, Chase Blackburn, the special teams coach, needs to be gone for a long time. But he's still there, so yeah. And then Matt really I don't think he really likes the big personality players like Cam Newton. Um, guys like that, he, he hasn't really kept around on his roster. And I like to show an example that's Denzel Perryman, who's the current Las Vegas Raiders middle linebacker who made the Pro Bowl this year, actually. He was a Panther this offseason during training camp and all that, and he got a speeding ticket on the way to um, training camp. And Matt Rule decided then to trade him to the Raiders for a six-round pick and so that Jermaine Carter Jr. could easily play middle linebacker at a high level. Well, this season, Denzel Perryman, who we traded for a six-round pick, had 138 tackles and made the Pro Bowl while Jermaine Carter Jr. had 76 tackles and is set to be a free agent this offseason. And the Panthers have desperately needed middle linebacker play ever since Luke Keekley retired, and Shaq Thompson really hasn't been able to fill that void, and Matt Rule thought that Jermaine Carter Jr. could, and he traded Perryman, and Perryman made the Pro Bowl. Carter is going to be a free agent and might not be on an NFL roster next season. And another problem I have with Matt Rule is you know, he grew up in New York and all that. He wanted to be Bill Parcells. He wanted to be Tom Coughlin. But you can't be Tom Coughlin in the today's NFL because Tom Coughlin was hated by his players when he was the GM for the Jaguars. And he basically got kicked out the NFL. And got, he, Tom Coughlin is basically the reason the Jaguars team that made the conference championship died because they just did not want to play for him anymore. They did not like Tom Coughlin. They thought his team building like spirit and all that just didn't work and it wasn't good and it wasn't doing any work and Matt Rule was doing the exact same thing that Tom Coughlin did in Jacksonville and New York and he's just not he didn't he didn't really have his own thing he's a brand coach you have these certain coaches who try to instill this process over and over and over but it doesn't work because this isn't 2000, this isn't college football, you're not coaching at Baylor, you're not coaching at Temple, who aren't even top colleges in their divisions. Like Baylor finally won a Big 12 championship without, without Matt Rule this year. And Temple, when was the last time Temple won anything in football? It certainly wasn't when Matt Rule was there. And he's insisting on building his brand and 
this personality and don't beat yourself, but it doesn't work. That's high school level coaching right there. Matt Rule was trying to coach people who were 33 years old, 28 years old, 29 years old, 10 years in the NFL, like they're high school players, and it just doesn't work like that. And the next thing on the Panthers is I like the rest of the staff to be fired along with Matt Rule. We have zero coaches with NFL experience that Matt Rule hired. The 31st-ranked offensive line in the NFL, the 28th-ranked offense in the NFL, and this might sound good, but we have the second-ranked defense in the NFL, but that number is very, very lying. I we The defense is good, yes. Do I think it's the second-best defense in the NFL? No. They let Taysom Hill's led offense with the Saints yesterday get 280 yards on them. Over t- the, they let Marquez Callaway, I think he had at least 100 yards yesterday, and we have Stephon Gilmore as a corner. We have... We don't have A.J. Bouye anymore. He's on injured reserve. But we've got like Jeremy Chen, Stephon Gilmore, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Shaq Thompson, Derek Brown. We have all of these guys. Um, Underrated guy, Keith Taylor. We have all of those guys. And the defense looks very good on paper, stat-wise. They're saying it. But in the games, the defense does not perform, and they just keep on letting people score. Early in the year, the defense was stellar. Defense was amazing at the start of the year. But now it has fallen off to a rate. And Phil Snow has been with Matt Rule every single way of Matt Rule's coaching career. So if I'm assuming if Matt Rule gets fired, Phil Snow goes too. But at this rate, I will not be mad if Phil Snow leaves. And Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, I'd say probably the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. But they go for the sacks too much and never set the edge for the run. And that's why the run defense is so horrible for us. Because they're not really running it inside. They run it inside, you know, Derek Brown or Shaq Thompson or Daquan Jones or Morgan Fox will usually get a stop. But whenever they run outside, it's like Burns and Reddick just go in there and try to get the sack, and they don't set the edge. And every single outside run, probably like seven yards, eight yards, you do a pitch to the left, you're probably going to get ten yards no matter what on Panthers defense. Because Jermaine Carter Jr. certainly won't stop them at the second level. And then Derek Brown, I know I just praised him a little bit, which his praise isn't really much. He, he has three sacks this year, had two last year, and he really doesn't change the run defense to justify being the seventh pick. And Matt Rule insisted on, these are the kind of guys we need on our football team. I don't think you really draft a nose tackle who can't play nose tackle with the seventh pick in the NFL draft. And I'd like the complete staff to be cleaned out, clean the house, keep the GMs and all that, but coaching staff needs to be cleaned. And once the coaching staff is clean, head coach will be the first priority. And here's some head coaching candidates I'd like to see in Carolina. Um, Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, really changed it offense, more modern offense. Had Dak Prescott playing amazing. He does have some late-game play-calling issues that can maybe be solved. We can watch him in the playoffs, see how he does. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator, You really don't need to say much about that. He has Aaron Rodgers playing amazing right now. He's been there for a couple years. Um, Excuse me. Of course, Eric Benimi, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, a guy who I wanted hired two years ago as the Panthers head coach. Very good. Has Mahomes playing amazing. That Chiefs offense has been the best in the NFL besides the Packers for the past three years. And he would be a great head coach in the NFL. And it's a shame he has not been hired yet. 
I have another on um, Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. He has made huge changes to that Bengals offense this year. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, C.J. Uzuma, Tyler Boyd. That offense is playing amazing with what they have done the past few years. Brian Callahan is the sleeper head coach candidate. Another guy is Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator. Another guy from the Sean McVay tree. Rams offense is looking pretty good this year with Matthew Stafford. Another guy is Byron Leftwich, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. He's making that offense for Tom Brady. I assume Byron will probably get the Jacksonville head coaching job considering he was the Jaguars' best quarterback in a long time. So, But if he doesn't go to Jacksonville, I'd like him in Carolina. And then Brian DeBowl, the Bills offensive coordinator. I like I like DeBowl if like we decide to keep Cam Newton because DeBowl, his offense for Josh Allen is very similar so what the offense would be for Cam Newton since Ken Dorsey is the quarterback coach there, and he used to be Cam Newton quarterback coach at Carolina. And another guy is Matt Eberfuss, the Colts defensive coordinator. Eberfuss has done a great thing there in Indy. He's getting multiple head coaching interviews the past two years. He's really changed that Colts defense, and I'd like him here. And then uh, two guys who are former head coaches who were fired, or Jim Caldwell, who I really like in Carolina. I think Jim Caldwell is a very good NFL coach. He was really fired for no reason because he never had a, a losing season in Detroit, and he got fired after going 9-7 and seven and replaced with um, Matt Patricia, who never had a winning season. And then there's Doug Peterson, the former Eagles Super Bowl winning head coach. And I'm not going to say the Eagles are wrong to fire Doug Peterson because they just made the playoffs with Nick Sirianni. But Doug Peterson should get a couple head NFL head coaching looks this season. I mean, Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, his head coaching stint in New York didn't really work out, but I like Todd Bowles. I think he'll be a good defensive coordinator. He's already a great defensive coordinator for the Bucks, and I think with a second chance and actually a good organization around him, he could be a good head coach. And my top three picks for the Panthers head coach job is Eric Benimi. Chiefs offensive coordinator, Jim Caldwell, the former Lions head coach, and Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator. And then the Panthers offseason is another thing I like to go into because there's no playoff hopes. Teams already been eliminated. So we have a couple players who are up for free agency. I'd like Stefan Gilmore to be re-signed, Hassan Reddick to be re-signed. I'd like to let Dante Jackson walk. I think we need to cut Robbie Anderson. Cut Sam Darnold, even though we'll lose some money on that. Darnold just can't stay here. Robbie will save some money. We don't need to re-sign Dante because he really isn't that good in coverage. But re-signing Reddick and Gilmore, two of the best defensive players on this team and in the NFL, has to be a priority. I think that we need to re-sign Frankie Lubu, has been, who has been a very underrated middle linebacker, outside linebacker, pass rush, really do everything. They're like Micah Parsons, but not really that good, but he's good enough. For Chief, you, you you want those kind of players. I want to re-sign Amir Abdullah, who's been a very good pass-catching running back since Christian McCaffrey gets hurt every game. I'd like to re-sign Cam Newton as a vet presence locker room guy. Every single quarterback could use a Cam Newton as their backup, and Cam has said he will be a backup. He's not ashamed to be a backup. So you bring him back if you can. And I think the big move that needs to be done is to trade Christian McCaffrey. Juba Hubbard looks good when he plays. Christian McCaffrey, he's amazing. He's probably the second-best running back in the NFL whenever he plays, but he never plays anymore. 
I think you're going to lose money trading him, but you have to go ahead and just clear that book, trade Christian McCaffrey, get something for him while you can. I don't care what you get, get something for Christian McCaffrey before he retires. And then some guys I'd like to look at in free agency is Dwayne Brown, the Seahawks left tackle. He's expiring. Trent Brown, the Patriots right tackle, who can also play left tackle. Um, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the Chiefs right guard slash tackle. He can play a little bit of both. Lake and Tomlinson, um, who's a 49er, he plays left guard, right guard. He can be good inside. Jaron Reed, the Chiefs defensive tackle, he's expiring. Charles Leno, the Washington left tackle. You know, you're going to notice offensive line is a priority for this team. And I have plenty of guys listed down here that I'd like us to sign or I'd, I'd like us to look at. Um, Keanu Neal, the Cowboys linebacker slash safety. He's kind of a do-it-all guy. Hits very hard. Could be a good coverage linebacker to put beside Shaq Thompson. Um, if we don't re-sign Cam Newton and we cut Sam Darnold, I'd like us to sign Marcus Mariota, the Raiders backup quarterback. I think Mariota's a good backup. He could have potential to be a starter. He could start when we draft a guy, you know, let the guy develop in a little bit. Um, K.J. Wright, the Raiders' middle linebacker, I thought we should have signed him last year. If he's a free agent this year, you should definitely pick him up, get him in the linebacker room. Another guy's Robert Tunyon, the Packers tight end. If you think that Tommy Trimble is more of a fullback, versatile kind of guy, you need a serious pass-catching tight end than Robert Tunyon. Um, Layden Vander Esch, the Cowboys linebacker, he's not looking that good anymore like he used to or like he did in his rookie season. But if he's going to come for cheap, then I'd sign Layden Vander Esch. Another tight end is David Njoku from the Browns. He's a good pass-catching tight end, basically a wide receiver at tight end. And those are just some targets I'd like us to look at this offseason. And if we sign any of those guys, I'd probably be happy. And then in the draft, the Panthers currently sit at the sixth pick. I think there's two options that we can do with this draft. We can either stay at pick six and pick, or we can trade back, which I'd rather have trade back. But here are some reasons for both. If we sit there and pick, some options that we could draft is Evan Neal, the Alabama left tackle, Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback, excuse me, Kenny Pickett, the Pittsburgh quarterback, and Charles Cross, the Mississippi left tackle. And our biggest needs quarterback and offensive line. I think the pros of sitting and picking are you're going to get a better player. You could get a potential cornerstone for your franchise. And either I think that would be Evan Neal or Matt Corral. But the cons are you, you probably won't get any picks in the second and third round to build your roster back, which we traded for Sam Darnold and C.J. Henderson. And if we trade back, I think the target would be Matt Corral, who I could see falling because of his injury. Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback, who I'm very much like, and I think look good behind a weak offensive line because he can move. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Akim Akawunu, the NC State left tackle slash guard, he can really do anything. I'd like him, you know, get one of those versatile offensive line pieces to where if we have a problem there, put him there. Um, Sauce Gardner, the Cincinnati corner, if you let Stephon Gilmore walk, Dante Jackson walk, you can't leave J.C. Horn in that corner room by himself. So I think Sauce Gardner could be a good pick there. Um, Zion Johnson, the Boston College guard slash tackle, he's really played all around too. Um, Tyler Lindenbaum, the Iowa center, he's probably the best center prospect in a couple years. 
and I think that if we decide to take center, that would be a very good pick. If we trade back, our needs can be potentially anything, you know? You got plenty of picks now. Just pick what you think you need at that point. Pros, you get better picks. You probably add a second and a third rounder. You're going to get more of a develop, de- de- um, Jesus, a developmental player with your roster that's not ready to compete yet. But the cons are you probably won't get a, like, if say you have your mindset on this guy, like, say we have our mindset on Evan Neal, you could probably trade back to pick eight. But Evan Neal will definitely be gone by then. If you have a guy like Matt Corral, he could go before then. So that's just, you know, some stuff you got to look out for when you trade back. And then moving on from the Panthers, I'd like to talk about the NFL playoffs where the uh, temporary playoff standings are in the NFC, that the Packers are the one seed and get a bye week. The Rams are the two seed and will play the seven seed Eagles. The Bucks are the three seed and will play the fifth, six seed 49ers. Cowboys are the fourth seed and play the fifth seed Cardinals. And then in the AFC, the Titans are the current first seed and have a bye week. The Chiefs are the second seed and play the seventh seed Chargers. Bengals are the third seed and play the sixth seed Colts. And the Bengals are the, I mean, the Bills are the fourth seed and played the fifth seed at Pats. And my results for that game I have in the NFC, the Rams beating the Eagles, the Buccaneers beating the 49ers, and I have the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. And in the AFC, I have the Chiefs beating the Chargers, the Bengals beating the Colts, and the Bills beating the Patriots. Really no upsets in the AFC. I wouldn't say in the NFC either because the Cards just beat the Cowboys. I mean, the most overrated team in the playoffs this year, I want to say, is the New England Patriots. I think that Mac Jones will be exposed as who he really is in the playoffs. Some team, I'd say probably the Bills if Trey White is there. I can't remember if he's playing or not. But if Trey White's playing, you can easily just crowd the front 10, 15 yards and Mac Jones will not throw any deeper than that. He is he, He's not scared to throw deep. It's just not his strong suit. And that's just how he plays. He's played like that at Bama. He got plenty of yards after catch with Devontae Smith and all of them. It's not his strong suit to throw deep, and that, that's fine. But I just think that that won't work in the playoffs. I mean, a sleeper team I have is the Cincinnati Bengals, led by head coach Zach Taylor, offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Quarterback Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. That offense can run with any offense in the NFL. We just saw that when they beat the Chiefs yesterday. So I, I look at them as a very good sleeper team in the, in the playoffs. Then I have two Super Bowl predictions that can go two different ways. First one is just like the one we all probably expect, the Packers and the Chiefs. I would have the Packers and the Chiefs. That hmm, Who would win that? I think it'll be a close game, like 35-38 or 28-35. Um, I really don't know whose way can go there because the Packers and Chiefs are both kind of the same boat. High offense, okay defense. And the second one, if the two sleeper teams making it, that would be the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals both making it. I would have the Rams winning that game. I just think their defense would be too good. Aaron Donald probably have a field day with that offensive line, and I feel bad for Joe Burrow if that happened. Now, moving on to something else, I would like to go ahead and do my first mock draft, and I'll be just doing the top 10 here. <clears throat> and the first round order is pick one is Jaguars, pick two Lions, three Texans, four the New York Jets, five the New York Giants, six Carolina Panthers, 
seven the Jets and with the Jets, but they have the Seattle Seahawks first round pick from the Jamal Adams trade. Pick eight is the Giants that they have from the Bears and the Justin Fields trade. So the Jets and the Giants both own two top eight picks. Pick nine is Washington, and pick ten is the Falcons. At pick one, I have the Jaguars taking KV on Thibodeau from Oregon, defensive end. I do not think he's the best defensive end in this class, but I think he fits the Jaguars the best. Pick two, I have the Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan defensive end, who I thought had a serious chance to win the Heisman Award. He kind of got exposed in the um versus Georgia, but that whole entire Michigan team really did, so Aiden Hutchinson couldn't play hero ball. Pick three, I have the Texans taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. I think he's probably the best safety in the class, and if there's a safety that good, you take him that early. Pick four, I have the Jets taking Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU. Very good lockdown corner. The Jets certainly need one with Robert Sala's defense. Pick five of the Giants taking Evan Neal, the tackle from Bama. Andrew Thomas has looked good this year. Take Evan Neal, throw him on the other side. You have two cornerstone tackles right there. Both taking a pick five, too. At pick six, the Panthers, I have them taking Matt Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss. If they do not trade back, I think that is the pick they will make. If they fire Matt Rule, if they don't, they'll probably take Kenny Pickett because he loves Kenny Pickett. At pick seven, the Jets from the Seahawks. I have them taking Charles Cross, the left tackle from Mississippi State. You added the cornerstone corner. Now out now add your franchise left tackle in this draft. Pick eight, I have the Giants taking a Kim. Um a Wukano. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing that night right from NC State, the offensive lineman. You know, you can go ahead and build that offensive line. Evan Neal at right tackle, Andrew Thomas left tackle. I came at left guard, Will Hernandez at right guard, and uh, their center is not bad. So you can just go ahead and build that offensive line for whatever, whoever's going to be your quarterback, whether it's Daniel Jones, some free agent, anybody. You can go ahead and build that offensive line for them. At pick nine, I have the Washington football team taking Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt. Um, Washington needs a quarterback, Taylor Heineke is not that guy. Kenny Pickett could be the guy they need. At pick 10, I had the Falcons taking Sauce Garner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. I don't think – the corner isn't really the biggest need for the Falcons. I'd probably say it's quarterback if they move on from Matt Ryan, which he costs too much to do that right now, or offensive line or pass rush a little bit. But I think that if you take Sauce Garner and throw him beside A.J. Terrell, especially in the NFC South where the Buccaneers have Chris Godwin and – um. Mike Evans, Panthers have DJ Moore, and the Saints have Michael Thomas, who they might not have for much longer. You know, if you can get two stellar corners on your team in the NFC South, you're looking pretty good. And that has been my mock draft 1.0. That's my first mock draft. The second one will be next episode. And the next thing I want to talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers. What is wrong with the Lakers? LeBron James is playing some of the best basketball he has ever played. But while he's doing that, Anthony Davis can't stop getting hurt. And he's getting outplayed night in, night out. Like Carl Anthony Towns went town that man. Russell Westbrook isn't who he used to be at all. And I really didn't like the Russell Westbrook trade to the Lakers in the start. If you think about it, Russell Westbrook's the same exact guy that the Lakers let just take any shot he wanted in the bubble because they knew he wouldn't make it from three or mid-range. But then you trade for that guy and think he will help your team when you literally let him take any shot he wanted in the playoffs. 
So the seep so putting people call this team a super team. I call it a super old team. It just isn't working. Carmelo Anthony is a very good player all time. Still a good player now. But he should not be your fourth leading scorer on your team at 38 years old. When you have guys like Malik Monk, Austin Reeves, Kendrick Nunn. When those guys are on your team, they, they, they can be your sport plug, your microwave right there. That can be your fourth option to go with um, Braun, AD, Russ. You can throw Malik Monk on there. And he can come out of nowhere. I know Melo is doing the same thing, but it shouldn't have to be Carmelo Anthony at 38 years old when you have Malik Monk on your roster. And the next thing I like to talk about is Antonio Brown. I think we all know what happened with Antonio Brown yesterday, where he was in a confrontation with his coaches, took his shoulder pads off, took his helmet off, took his jersey off, his shirt, his gloves, and threw it into the crowd and ran off the field. But an Ian Rappaport report came out today saying that he actually re-injured his ankle that he did not practice for all week. And Bruce Arians tried to make him go back into the game and told Antonio Brown that if he did not go back in, he would be cut. So Antonio Brown went ahead and quit right there. I do not blame Antonio Brown for that. Your health is your best thing. You know, it's a weird situation. No one really knows what really happened. But I trust Ian Rappaport with his um, reports. And if that is true, Bruce Arians is completely in the wrong there. And Antonio Brown was in the right to go ahead and leave. And some team right now will pick him up. The Packers, Titans, anybody, whoever picks up Antonio Brown will get a performer. And now Antonio Brown's best friend, Tom Brady, did not defend him yesterday. Which I don't know if Tom Brady knew exactly the situation that happened. But if he did, he did not defend Antonio Brown after all they have been through. That is just not right. And then to finish off, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the NFL award predictions for this year. This has been a good season. The first game, first um, 17-game season, one more week left. I believe the awards are somewhat locked. Maybe a couple aren't. But um, I'll go ahead and start in a comeback player of the year. I have Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, at Defensive Rookie of the Year. I have Micah Parsons, the Cowboys linebacker, defensive end, do-it-all kind of guy. I think he's up to 13 sacks now, gets good pressure rates. This is one of the best rookie defensive seasons that we have ever seen. Um, Offense Rookie of the Year, I have Jamar Chase, the Bengals wide receiver. I believe that Jamar Chase deserves it a lot more than Matt Jones, and Jamar Chase is a very good wide receiver and was the right pick over Panay Sewell, and he is he is serious. He broke all of Justin Jefferson's rookie records with 16 games, so you can't say it was because of 17, but he's a very good wide receiver. I think he's the offensive rookie of the year. At defensive player of the year, I have Micah Parsons, who also is going to win the defensive rookie of the year, the Cowboys linebacker slash defensive end, do it all kind of guy. If he wins both, it's just historic. Cowboys have really found them a playmaker there, Micah Parsons. An offensive player of the year, I have Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back. I think he has 1,000, I want to say 700 yards right now. I know he's leading the league by a lot, and he is the sole reason that Colts offense is working. Then MVP, I have Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, who's up to 38 touchdowns and four interceptions, I want to say right now. Aaron Rodgers is just a different level of player. There's, there's like... You have your levels of quarterback in the NFL. You have your Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, who are all great quarterbacks. I mean, there's just Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers does not throw interceptions. He throws touchdowns. He is a winner. 
And no matter what you say about him, that is what he is. And so that has been this episode, the January 3rd episode of the Kevin Price Show. Hugely focused on the Panthers today. I had a lot to get off about them, and I need Matt Rule fired. And I will see you all hopefully next week for the next episode. Thank you.